Life is full of personal wins. I'm still waiting for mine. Whether it's cleaning your house or getting that dream car, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling your home and auto. Chrissy, you're always on top of all of this. Well, I am very deficient in some areas, but this is not one of them. I also love how personal State Farm is. I love my State Farm agent, Mike. Shout out to Mike. And guess what? Today, you guys can talk to a State Farm agent to learn how to bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, wait for it, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability amount on discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, it's Aaron Andrews here for Pro Plan Sport, advanced nutrition for active dogs like ours. I love getting active with my golden retriever, Howie, and whether we're heading out on an epic hike or simply taking our daily run together, I count on him to keep up with me every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs. So wherever you and your dog's next adventure takes you, start it off right with the advanced nutrition of Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. So I didn't know this, that you guys have never done an interview about the famed 2013 NFC Championship postgame. Calm Down with Aaron and Carissa is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a long time coming. It is. Richard Sherman reunited, and it feels so good. Two of my favorite people, Aaron and Sherman, a group hug right now. I love it. Richard Sherman, five-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, and Stanford grad. That's not my resume, folks. Only (laughs) the resume of one Richard Sherman. I am so happy that you're here with us. Thank you for coming on Calm Down. No, I appreciate you guys having me. It's always a pleasure to get to speak to you two lovely ladies. Our guy. He's been our guy for how long, Chris? I mean, I got to meet him. What year did we officially fall in love, Sherm? What year was that? Probably 13, right? Probably 13 was the official, you know, to the world. But I think it was like 12. Yeah. It was like 12. And that was the day when I met him in the cafeteria and with all the boys. And Jarrett, my husband, is blown away by this. The Seahawks let us used to come in their cafeteria Mm -hmm. when the boys were sitting down. I would get in the smoothie line, ask them what they wanted. (laughs) But that's when I decided I wanted to, if I ever came back as a football player, I would want to be Sherm. Like, that's the day I was (laughs) like, if I, like, Fuck the quarterback situation. (laughs) I'd want to be sure. I appreciate that. Okay. So wait, this is a long time coming. So I didn't know this, that you guys have never done an interview about the famed 2013 NFC Championship postgame interview. So here's the tease. We should have done a Snickers commercial too. We should have done a lot of commercials, but people were stupid and slow. Beats was the only one on it. Yeah, but you and I, we should have had a Snickers. We should have had like Obama made a joke about it. Like we there was a yeah. there was a famous Halloween in the Wall Street Journal. There was a famous kids Halloween costume. Like he and I, all of you advertisers, you missed out. And even when he Drop went to San ball. Francisco, I went to Mars and I had a whole idea. 
for a Snickers deal. Like I'd give him the candy bar and then he'd be in a like a 49ers uniform. People don't listen. <laughs> it's fine. So this is what I know. I know. Sure. You know how much we love Aaron. Aaron's always that business brain of her. She's always thinking. So I love that. So I want to get into that interview and just set the stage and then we can talk about all the other things. Oh, we are going to go right there because to me as the, remember, I'm the Seattle, I'm the, I'm the 12th man here. I am the fan of like, and Aaron and you and I were, we were friends, but not the friends that we are now. So like I'm sitting there watching that game in real time. I, at the time was also a sideline reporter. So I'm looking at it from your vantage point, but then also from a Seattle fan and watching Sherm's emotion. So set the stage, Sherm, you go first. Is the PR guy bringing you over to Aaron? Like, how did this thing all go down? And, and you know, the, the I may remember it differently game. than you because you actually were like adrenaline, three million gajillion. Can we fuck that? Can we go w- rewind a little <laughs> bit more? Can you take me? And even as lame as that my question was that day, just what was that final play, Sherm? Can you just take us through that? Well, it all happens fast when it's two minutes. So uh, they were in two minutes. And I promise you throughout the whole, because I hadn't got a target the whole game. I had no idea. They hadn't thrown it over there the entire Hot. game. And I think the only reason I got a chance was because it was two minutes and they couldn't draw up a play to avoid me. You know, it was just whatever Colin's choice was at the time. And they had been driving down the field. We had them stopped. We had game. And they hit Frank on like a third and long and he got the first down. Then they hit Vernon. Wow. Then they hit Crab on the other side. So they were like marching down the field. And I'm like, bro. I don't remember this. I just remember yeah. you. I don't remember this. I'm freaking out. I was freaking out because I'm like, bro, we're about to lose this game and they're not even going to give me a shot at the ball and not a shot to get involved at all the whole game. I'm going to go the whole game without getting involved. And then they hurried up to the line and Crab had like, like you know, way too fidgety at the line of scrimmage. So I'm like, there's no way. Like, you you getting the ball right now. Like, you're moving too excitable. At, at corner, when you're that intimate with somebody every goddamn play, you can tell, you know, it's like seeing the same person every day and looking at them in their eyes, and then they got they got a little bit of... Twitch. You know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> really? That happens? <laughs> like, you can yeah. tell? <laughs> no question. Hey, ask receivers when they're having a good day and they see the corner, and they see him, like, with fear in his eyes, or, you know what I mean, like, fidgety, they're going to be like, hey, I'm about to feast. It's about to get work. About to, wow. It's about to get work. It's going to be work out here. What's the down in distance and how much time is left? It was first and 10 because they had just got a first down, I think, to Vernon. And so yeah. they were excitable. There was no pressure on him. He had time. I think there might have been, like, maybe 30 seconds to go, but they had timeouts, like, and they were, like, right all in the red zone, right outside the red zone. Yeah. And Crab gives me this stutter outside release. So I'm like, okay, we're outside. We're either going nine ball or you're going to stop route. But I'm not stopping on no stop route because I don't care about that. You you need a touchdown to win. Like, if you run a hitch, I mean, I'll come tackle you and then we'll get the next play. They got to go to the end zone. Mm-hmm. He runs a stutter. I look at him, read it. He turns around. I mean, we, we go. I turn around, look for the ball, and Colin puts it up. And I'm like, for the game? Yes! <laughs> yes! Finally! I'm about to end this. And what so, are you thinking? What are you thinking? I'm thinking catch it. I'm thinking I'm about to pick this. This is about to be a layup. And so I go up and then I feel his hand in my back. And I'm like, there's no f-ing way it's about to happen like this. And so as I'm getting pushed, I'm like, I can't catch it anymore because I'm, I'm, I'm too far forward. And so I'm like, oh, I got left and I got full hand on the ball. I was like, I'm going to keep it in. I'm going to keep it in. I know Earl or somebody's going to be here. And of course, it was Malcolm and not Earl, but. God. We had done that. Me and Earl had done it earlier in the season against the Giants in New York, which is crazy, you know, I mean, ironically. But I had got two interceptions in the game, but I had tipped one in, and Earl came and caught the tip in the end zone, same end zone, same corner and everything, and picked it. So I thought it was going to be another situation like that, but it was Malcolm this time. 
Shit. And then what? What I I know what happened next. Take us through what you remember. Well, it was chaos. There was it a bunch was. of people grabbed me and shit. I was like, I was like, no, no, I got to go see this man. I'm about to go look him in his eye and tell oh, him. Oh, you like, did? Hey. I you know missed that. Like, yeah. I, well, I jogged over there and slapped him on the butt. I said, good game. Oh, yeah, like, that's right. You, you know what it was. You know what I mean? Better <laughs> man won. And so the precursor to this was that you guys were talking shit all week, right? Was that what this was about? Because no, Aaron, no, no, no. This was, this was in the summer, CT. This go way back. We had a production meeting that Friday with the Seahawks, and Joe and Troy had not met Sherm yet. And I had already done a couple of games. I was on Kevin Burkhart, John Lynch's crew at the time. And we had done a ton of Seahawks games. And that's how we got to know Sherm. And so then I got moved to the big boy team for the playoffs. And I was like, you guys are going to die. This guy's awesome. He's my fucking favorite. Like, you're going to love it. And you can tell right away when you sit with Sherm or, you know, even in a production meeting, outside of a production meeting, the guy's smart. And Troy loves that. He just wants to test you. Not test you, but like, let me see it how you see it. And I remember they just started asking you about Crabtree and you were so honest. And it was one of those, I mean, I had my laptop, we're all taking notes. And it was one of those where you don't, here, well, you do, but when you do, you're like, not oh, often are like, people that honest. <laughs> he yes. was just right, right. honest, and we it's, all it's laughed. A gift and we and a were curse, like, CT, as you see, ah, stop, it's great. It takes one to know one. That's also why you're the best teammate, though. Now on Thursday night football, of course, 100. and we'll get into all that in a minute. But that's what you want. You want that as a reporter. You want that mm-hmm. as an interviewer. You want that as a teammate because you know what you're going to get in that situation. Okay, so all that's going down. And Aaron, what's happening in your world at this moment? Well, up until that play, we were kind of trying to figure out. I was trying to remember, Sherm, who had a good game offensively. It's like, do we get... I, uh, Marshawn had a good yeah. game. Curse had caught the game, yes. like leading touchdown. But it would have been hard because they had some guys that were having a good game too. Defensively, they had a good game. Yeah. They were feeling good. I was just trying to remember the questions. And I was like, all right, all right. But then, obviously, like you know, Sherm's play happens. And it was like, I'm just, I'm going. Like, we're live, we're going, they're going to take it. And as he said, I just remember craziness. What I remember, and I've seen it on films, which is cool, you do the Deportes Deportes. interview first. Yes, and I just stood there. What I did was I stood, and I was so thankful. I have goosebumps right now because you know I love you so much. But (laughs) I was so grateful that we had that relationship because I found you. I just went right to you. I didn't even look to see if PR was there. I saw you do Deportes. And in my mind, we weren't live yet. And once Joe threw to me, no offense to that guy, I was going to sherm his ass and push him and be like, all <laughs> yes. right, we're live. Because like, no offense, we're ready. Right. And um, I I actually think I held on to your back to like keep hold of you to be like, I'm here, I'm here. I did that to Matthew after the NFC championship last year. I'm just like, I'm just going to stay with you and follow you when it's live. I'm going to make you do this. So that's right. what I remember. Right. And so, yeah, I did the Portes. And so we had had a relationship too, he and I. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? He just, we go way back. And so. He's great. Um, and so he had just came up first. And yep. so, you know what As I mean? Nobody, yeah. nobody said anything. And so I, he's trying to translate and do his thing. And I'm trying to give him the interview. Aww. I'm like, you know, and then you come up and I'm like, yeah, what what are we doing? I give you a and hug. We I didn't realize so hard. I hit my chin I hit you on with your so much shoulder. <laughs> yes, I oh my nailed God. my chin, and I went, "Oh my God!" Because I was so excited for you, and I had known all this smack talk that had happened, and you made the play, and I was like, "Oh my yes. God!" Yes. 
Oh, man, you would have been in concussion protocol nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) Not this girl. I could handle it. Talk about it. Yeah, you know me. Come on now. So that question, Aaron, I've heard you say that you wish you could redo the interview. Why are you you so critical of that? Because it's such a great, just like raw moment for both of you guys. Because of many things. A, I love this man a lot. And I, I... I don't I I knew what happened after and why I got vocal after because I didn't want anyone to think he was scaring me. He wasn't fucking scaring me. I was like, all right, we'll break it down. My first question sucked ass. Richard, the final play. I'm not mad at that. Take me through it. I should have been like, what happened? Just say like a fan, what happened? Not take me through it. That's not even a fucking question. Like you should have said, that's a stupid question, EA. What happened? Like what happened? And then you go and look, my face and I've said it, the whole time wasn't like, oh my God, oh my God, he's scaring me. I'm freaked out. This athlete is yelling at me. No, it was, this is fucking awesome. awesome. This has mm-hmm. never happened. People are going to lose their minds that this is happening. <laughs> and and I have to let him just go. But I was thinking at that time, has he said Crabtree? Because I know it's Crabtree. Joe and Troy know it's mm-hmm. Crabtree. But I don't want people to think he's screaming about me. Don't you ever talk about me again. He, I know he's not saying that. But what I should have fucking done is not turned into the excited sports fan that I was and been like, who is talking about you? Just be like, who are you talking about? Like, just fucking be like that, EA. It's like when I met Jason Sudeikis. Like, get your shit together, girl. That's my own problem, Sherm. That's not yours. Look, that's my problem because I was talking like we were just talking. Like, I was was continuing our conversation from earlier. I'm like, remember? Like, Like, what's up? You know what it is. And... Um, I was too hype at the moment, you know, I mean, all the stuff with hardball, with crab, you know, it was just a, it was a smorgasbord of wins for me that day. And yeah. I was, you know, and obviously I was comfortable with you as we always are. Um, and so I was like, I was going to give you the straight up. It was so good. And I know Aaron's going to be Love critical you. of that, whatever. And you know, what's crazy, you guys, it's 10 years ago, yeah, a 2013 <laughs> NFC championship game, like, damn. Guys, everyone loves a win, even if it's small. I had two big ones. I mean, congratulations to me. Let's celebrate. Finally cleaned out the fridge in the garage with all the nasty crap in the drawer from last Christmas, maybe even Thanksgiving. And I'm getting somewhere on my closet. Purging, organizing, what about you? My big wins have to do with the cute little animals up at the ranch. Simba, who's my rescue, graduated. He doesn't have to stay in the crate overnight. He can hang out with the big boys at night. And also my sweet little baby chicks are thriving. So no matter if your win is big or small, it's still a win. And it calls for a celebration. And who's cheering right beside you? Say it with me, Aaron. State State Farm. Farm. The State Farm personal price plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. So talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so now Sherm being on the other side, of course, you, you know, went on to play in San Francisco. We've got the Sherm Bowl this week on Thursday Night Football between the Niners and the Seahawks in Seattle, which I'm so excited for. That incredible game that Aaron just worked yesterday, Rock Purdy's performance. So I would love, put your analyst hat on, which is the same hat as friend, as businessman. <laughs> it's all the same. Uh, and right, what, right, did, right. what did you see yesterday from that young man and this team that continues to overcome the injuries and pick up? And then, of course, you've got Debo. So kind of give me your analyst view of what happened yesterday. Well, he's fearless. And, yeah. and you would think he's done it before. You know, you wouldn't think he was a, a rookie. You'd think he at least was a veteran, a low draft guy. You know what I mean? It's, it, he didn't yeah. walk into that game against Tom Brady as a fan. He walked in that game like, I'm about to slice and dice this defense. That's mm-hmm. a top 10 defense in the National Football League. So this isn't like the the, the Miami Dolphins are aggressive. We talked about the zero blitz scheme like mm-hmm. and how sloppy that can get. But this is Todd Bowles' coach defense. They're top 10. They know how to play. And he gives you some of the most exotic looks you'll get. And he was just shredding. We lost Vita Vea after the first series. So what right. happened? Why? Why was he shredding in the way they were? Todd, who I love, said penalties. We're shooting ourselves in the foot. Why? What else? There's so many well, weapons I mean, on that it, San Francisco team or what? I mean, it's definitely too many weapons, but yeah. he, he just was creating when there wasn't anything there. And that's the big difference between he and Jimmy G yeah. is that the play in the red zone where he ran it in would have likely probably either been a sack or a throwaway for Jimmy because they had it covered. It was a good zone. They picked up everybody. There was nowhere to go with the football. So if you don't run it in there, you either throw it into a tight window or likely interception or you throw it away. And he said, uh, I'm going to be athletic enough to just run this in. Y'all can't stop us anyway. And that gives them a different dynamic than they've had with Jimmy G. So Kyle Shanahan was talking about the transition from like Trey Lance to Jimmy G to Brock Purdy. And he was like, the transition from Jimmy G to Brock Purdy was really small. It was minimal. Yeah. The playbook's the same. We, we call the same plays. We might even call it more plays. Well, and, and you brought it up, Aaron, in your broadcast. This guy's been going up against well, the best defense in the NFL out yeah. on the scout team. But he just didn't look like he hesitated. You know those moments like you put your people in a situation and they're like second-guessing themselves? Like, every, we don't have to tell you, everything happens in a split second. So that's what observing and watching it just looked like he didn't hesitate on anything. We made a joke to him because Kyle said it, Kittle said it. Everybody was talking about his balls all week, like cojones. <laughs> like, and so he comes on our Zoom and and we're like, hey, nice to meet you. Congratulations. Greg's like, I feel like all I've been reading about is your balls all week. It's so weird. <laughs> He's like, yeah, they're hanging to my kneecaps right now. I try to keep them up. <laughs> but Sherm, you know, and those guys don't BS around. When you've got Trent Williams, Trent Williams in game, tell you how happy he was in the game, comes right. over and hugs me and is like, how 
how about this guy? Fred Warner, I mean, they're talking, like, hyping this guy up. They're not doing that if this guy isn't that good. They're not doing it to save the season. No, no, because they can't. You know what I mean? They're happy because they know they still have a chance. That's and they awesome. have They have as great of a chance now as when they started the football season. Oh, and, my God. And it makes you comfortable to be out there when guys are giving you that kind of support. You yeah. know, because then you don't feel like you're in the middle of the ocean without a paddle. You feel like, hey, I'm just part of the train. You know what I mean? I don't have to be the conductor. All these other guys have been here. They've done that. They're, they're with me. They're punching with me. So it's like you're not in a fight by yourself. But on the other side of the ball is the defensive perspective for you. We saw, you know, Mike White goes out and has that crazy performance, right? Because it's not tape on this guy. So what happens from a defensive perspective? And there's only going to be a small sample size because we're at the end of the season here. But are you looking at like, all right, this kid few more games on film. Now we know his weaknesses here and there. And do you think that it will be sort of a sustainable what he's been able to do in this short amount of time? They need yeah, to that works. That works for guys like if it's a running scheme or if it's a scheme you just haven't like when Justin Fields first start to run the ball and you're like, God, Lee, like, mm-hmm. like, damn, we need to st- put these stunts in and put a spy on him and do this and make these adjustments. He's playing quarterback. Like, it's yeah, not like you're going to get on the run, tape and it. be like, like he, he's not he's not. Plays doing uh, zone read and all that nonsense, he's standing in the pocket and delivering the football. So I think it's harder to say, oh, this is just a flash in the pan and it's going to sizzle out. He's not doing anything. It's not like he's playing bad defenses mm-hmm. and it's not like he's like doing anything outrageously crazy. He's hitting the open man. Mm-hmm. I This goes to, as I walked off with Kyle going into the half, which I was kind of bummed about because Coming out, I thought he'd have more info on Debo, but I had heard rumblings that it wasn't that bad, which good news for them. Hope he gets over the high ankle sprain. But I just asked Kyle, you know, what do you think of your guy in the first half? And he's like, he's playing fucking awesome. He's he's like being mad. And this was the time that I wish I could cuss on air. (laughs) Kind of like when you and I did our thing. It was like, the guy's playing his ass off. It's like, well, Kevin, Kyle Shanahan said he's playing really well. I wanted to be like, said he's playing fucking awesome. awesome. Playing his ass off. Like, how great would that have been to do that, you know? Oh, that would have been freaking awesome. I know. Hey, Sherm, to go back to our thing, I've I've always wanted to ask you this because I can tell the story about when I started to see it blow up. I did Dan Patrick in the morning right away to give my side of it to stick up for you. But I was I on a plane cutie. with Stray and our boss from Fox. And I started seeing stuff on Twitter. And I was like, you guys, you guys, this is getting bad. We have to say something. And the president of Fox Sports, Eric Shank, said, let's help you come up with something because we love Sherm. This is what we love about those post-game interviews. We die for something like this. We want players to do something like this. Be natural and react. Yeah, yeah in the moment. be natural, not do oh, a rehearsed bit. Not, you know, I can't, I One can't. One game at a time. When, when did you know, because you had a ton of interviews, you then had to go into a press conference. When did you know, like, all right, this has gone nuts? Well, after all the press conference, so we're always the last ones in the locker room. It's yeah. always me, Earl, Cam, like one of, one of us is going to be last. And so I was standing there with Steve Weish. Oh, yeah. And he and, and he was just asking me like little questions about the game, about the subtleties, about this, about Crabtree and all that. And he was like, hey, that interview you did, like, it's getting a lot of traction. And I was like, what do you mean? I mean, that, that, I didn't think, it you know, I, I think, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not thinking anything of it. I'm like, I said, did I lie? <laughs> like, 
I spoke <laughs> <Yeah>. the truth. <laughs> I'm like, uh, like, did I curse? I'm like, I don't think I cursed. You did. So I'm thinking like, what did I, what curse, did I miss? But that's it. Um, <laughs> no, seriously though, but it's, it's, we love you for so many reasons. Uh, prior to, for me working with you, prior to Aaron even, you know, having that moment, authenticity is a big thing. And it's something that we all personally know that we love about each other, but people in this business and just in general, just in humanity. For you, was it difficult to, after you knew that you were going to be done playing, when was that decision made? So we know that you went, you know, San Francisco, then you played with the Bucks for that short stint. Did you know that you wanted to be done and enter the broadcasting world or sort of like walk us through when you say, all right, maybe it's time to make that decision or the decision is now? I mean, what, kind of when you made that turn? Well, I, I don't know if I ever actually like had a concrete moment where I was like, ah, it's done, it's done. Yeah. But I think the moment that I knew it was going to be tough was we were, we were, I had a great week of practice. I had came off, you know, I was kind of beat up. Obviously, I had done the three games mm-hmm. straight and then had a muscle strain, which is expected off of yep. three games straight with no rest and no real preparation. And so then I was coming back from it and I had a good week of practice. I had three interceptions in practice. I'm feeling great. I said, oh man, like I'm about to show them today. Like I'm finally feeling like I'm in rhythm. CT, we got our helmets on, we got our pads on. We go out for the initial warm up. I'm jogging out. We do the break. Like, you know what I mean? Bucks on three. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. Jogging out on the field. My calf said, pop. I said, whoa. Wow. Whoa. Did you know in that moment? I, I, I said, let me check it. I said, okay. I start jogging. Now, they've already declared the 46 man. So they already yeah. declared the inactives. So I start jogging. And I'm like, it's pain. It's sharp. and getting sharper with every step. It's getting sharper. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no fucking way. I just strained my calf. In the damn warm up. And, and, and you want to know the hardest conversation to go to the head coach, to go to BA and be like, BA, I'm out. It's like in the warm up. Not Antonio Brown out. You're like, literally, <laughs> yeah, don't take your shirt off out. Yeah. Right. I, I said, hey, I, I can't play. I was like, my calf's strained. I, I, I can't even, I can barely walk. And he's like, like, you're joking with me right now. <laughs> like, and I like, I wish I was. Like, yeah. I got I got nothing. That's when I knew it was going to be tough. I said, I went to the locker room. I sat in that training room. I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. And yeah. that, was, that was when I was like, yeah, this might be, this old body might be telling you that's enough. Because you didn't want it to be. You still wanted to be out there. You still wanted to be going. And so then you right, said, right. I, yeah. I, I still felt good. I still yeah. felt good. None I, was, of I you felt guys great do. that week. And and mm-hmm. you you going, I'm going, I'm ready to, I'm ready to kill it. And then it just shut it down. I said, okay, well, good for you, buddy. Good for you. Guys, everyone loves a win, even if it's small. I had two big ones. I mean, congratulations to me. Let's celebrate. Finally cleaned out the fridge in the garage with all the nasty crap in the nice. drawer from last Christmas, maybe even Thanksgiving. And I'm getting somewhere on my closet. Purging, organizing, what about you? My big wins have to do with the cute little animals up at the ranch. Simba, who's my rescue, graduated. He doesn't have to stay in the crate overnight. He can hang out with the big boys at night. And also my sweet little baby chicks are thriving. So no matter if your win is big or small, it's still a win. And it calls for a celebration. And who's cheering right beside you? Say it with me, Aaron. State State Farm. Farm. The State Farm personal price plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. So talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the TNF broadcasting experience, I, of course, I'm having the privilege of sitting next to you on that set is incredible. And you're a host dream because you just know that you're always going to be prepared. You're always going to be able to speak on anything and do it with such emotion. But how is the experience take you and I like working together out of it? How has it been for you just in general? It's been a lot of fun. And I wish I could take us out of it. But that's why it's been fun. We got such a cool crew, you know, and I think the team matters. And I think the team from the producers, from the stage staff, the media staff, you know, Amy and those guys, Amina, Marie and execs, you know, Jay and Jared. And, you know, it's just a cool place. You know, then you got Smitty and Tay, uh, Myra, you got everybody. It's just a fun place. It makes the experience fun. So I think that's made everything a lot easier because I'm having a blast anyway. I get to go to the games. We get to have a blast, sit there, talk the game, shoot the stuff. Yeah. And then they, they pay us to be on TV. See, t- I know. And then we got a great po- captain. He goes at one point, he goes, I can't believe we get paid to do this. But Aaron, you know, and this is like our crews become our family. And you have spent, you know, Aaron, the better 20 years on the road with various different crews, whether it was at ESPN and, of course, at Fox for this part of your career. But it's like you get so close with these guys that they become your brothers and your family and spending holidays together. Yep. And you do with the players, too, especially teams that you see a lot. I was really tight with that Seahawks team. When I wasn't able to be on their sidelines, Pam did their sidelines. I was on the Broncos. I was a mess. Like I, yeah. I That hurt. I wanted to be with my boys. <laughs> like Their PR was inviting me to their party that night when y'all won in, in New York. So, yeah, you become really, really tight. Sherm, what is something about this side of the, the camera maybe that you didn't know about? I mean, you'd been in front of a lot of cameras when you did this with that, you know, I and we interviewed him and stuff like that. But what's the one thing that's like, all right, this is a tad different. Yeah, I, it, it was what you were talking about earlier, but you're, you're not giving yourself enough credit. Interviewing is hard. Love you. <laughs> Interviewing is tough. Like knowing, because you got to be reactive over somebody else. You got to have prepared questions. And then you got to know when to throw the script away and just go with yeah. what the moment is. And even in the moment, you got to know, 
how much I'm letting them just just breathe and let them go or how much I, I need to get this question in. And then I got a time limit and I got people in my ear. And it's like, good night. <laughs> You're so good at it, though. How about the people in your ear business, huh? That's a whole other level, right? That's a whole other level. Yeah. I have to like wear a somber face to not laugh because I'm way, I, I have way, too, <laughs> I get too goofy on, on camera. So they'll yep. say something in my ear and I'll just be like, Ah! No, it's one of the, I mean, this guy, the other day, he's leaning into the desk, Aaron, and it's a black surface <laughs> desk. So there's a reflection. He's making sure he doesn't have any boogers <laughs> in his nose. So I, I don't need oh, any yeah. bats in the cave. And like, he doesn't know if we're on TV or not on TV. Like this guy's just saying it. So the moment that stands out to me, and it's well documented, your critique of Russell Wilson, and there's there's a whole backstory to that. But I know that you also are still a good person and you do care about people. But that moment when we're standing in Denver and you lost your shit and said, run the ball, run the ball. Like that was like my Aaron moment on the sideline with you just like losing. And I was like, well, this is going to be fun with this dude. But it's just who you are. Right, right, right. I wish I could turn it off, but I can't. I had I had a Rams game that we were prepping for that weekend. So you guys were on my TV right here. We were on a Zoom getting ready for the Rams game and Bobby came on and we started talking to him and I said, hey, I got your boy on right here on the pregame. You know, he is just <laughs> fired up. He's like, I got to get home and watch this. <laughs> How do you summarize that time? The Legion of Boom and that 10 years and just that run that you guys had, I think in totality, how many years did you have in Seattle? Seven. You had seven. Okay, so between seven, eight, that that run that you guys went on, how do you put into words that experience? Because uh, such a great group, but just even the back-to-back Super Bowls and what you guys did in that city. I mean, my nieces and nephews, it was like Blue Friday and like it just changed that whole place. It was unbelievable. You know, it's hard to really put that into words because... It was so unexpected, but yeah. kind of expected a little bit. You know what I mean? So it's hard to like, because we worked really hard and it started so early on that people aren't going to believe it whenever they do the like documentary about it. But during the lockout, because that's when I got drafted, it was a lockout year. We, we weren't allowed in locker rooms or nothing. We weren't allowed to talk to the teams, even when you got drafted. And I had flown out to Seattle on my own dime and I was staying with Walt Thurman and all we had was each other. And so he, we would go to Earl's house. Earl had a house on the lake. And we'd just hang out there and, you know, everybody would be there. We'd shoot the stuff. And then we go to L.A. Fitness and hoop. And, you know, we ride his jet skis and, 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 and Walt lost his shorts on a jet ski. You know, we were pulling each other. We were doing dumb stuff. We were young. Um, not in the contract. Right, right, right. Yeah. We, we're, we're not under contract right now. We sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we go to play at L.A. Fitness at the landing in Renton down the street from the facility. And Jamal Crawford is there. Like, it's probably like. 30, 35 people there. And, Rainier you know, Beach. Runs five. Those are hoops. Right? Yeah, they, they, they run. Right. They get some good runs in with those guys. They get some really good yeah. runs. And so it's me, Cam, Earl, and Walt is our team. And awesome. I think we had one other guy, one random guy. But we were running them off. The, first off, Cam, I thought Cam was LeBron that day because he was, <laughs> his jumper was falling. Like, they're going shot for shot, him and Jamal. I'm like, okay, Cam. Damn. And then lo and behold. That was his, just his best day ever. He was just in rhythm that day. He, he's not normally like that. But um, <laughs> but we're communicating. Like, we're playing great defense. Like, we were not losing a game that day. And we had never really played with each other. We had never really – I mean, it was like the second day of us meeting, second or third day. And it was just such an amazing chemistry and, like, togetherness. And it was like, all right, y'all, got, y'all dudes are pretty cool. So fast forward through our first season, you know, we get closer and closer. I don't start till the sixth game of the season. But when I first start, Earl comes up to me. He's like, hey. Hey, if they ever come inside, if they ever release inside, 
I got him. Don't even worry about it. Like, so play for the fade, play for the goal. If they go inside, I got you. And we had Victor Cruz that day. We had Victor Cruz and all his little, you know what I mean? Yeah, his salsa dancing. His salsa dancing. Mm -hmm. So I play for the fade, play for the fade. He breaks me to the fade and goes inside. I'm like, shit. So I'm I'm head down, head down, like, damn it. Like, I'm getting beat. Like, this is my first, I'm getting significant playing time. I didn't start the game, but I'm getting a lot of playing time. Here comes Earl. Mm-hmm. picks the ball off. And I'm like, okay, all right. Now we we cooking with grease out here. Like, it's such a trust, you know? And so it developed then, and obviously fast forward over time, our relationships, our trust, they're like my brothers, you know, we know each other's kids, we know each other's families, go to everybody's, you know, kids' birthdays, go to the... And Aww. so when, when it came down to football, that was just like, you're playing with your family. Like, mm-hmm. we got really good players, we're playing with our family. So then... When mistakes happen or adversity happens, it's not like everybody's pointing fingers. It's like, hey, y'all good? Like, it's fun, mm-hmm. ain't it? Like, yeah. well, get up off the ground. We down 21, but we about to come back. We got it. So good. Hey, I got, so that defense, obviously, I don't need to tell you just how unbelievable you guys were. And you and I have talked offline about Dan Quinn, who I know every time we interview him with the Cowboys, he goes on and on. When he compares players, your name is always brought up. When he talks about his secondary, your name is always brought up. Dying to ask you, with a Dan Quinn defense, is that the defense in Dallas that could slow down the Philadelphia Eagles? I have them Christmas Eve. If I have to choose a sideline, who's the winning (laughs) sideline? What am I looking at here? And that could very well be, I don't know if they can be an NFC championship game. I don't think that's possible. They could be probably the divisional, right? I'm not sure. My math blows. I'm not Uh, good at this. But if we see them in postseason, we'll see them Christmas Eve. What do you think about that matchup? Because they're the two hottest it, ones. It could, it could happen. It'd be a long shot because you need like us. You need like San Francisco. You need to, them to win and a six or seven seed it. to win. Now, many could lose. You know what I mean? So you, you could theoretically stand. like you, you could have Heineke or somebody go up there yeah. and be hot as fish grease or Detroit be as hot as they are and go up there and cause problems for somebody. But yeah. I would say yes. I would say Dan Quinn defense with the personnel that he has and, and him feeling good and trusting his guys and having the corners that he has. He, he trusts his corners. Obviously, they had an injury, but Diggs is really good. They got the pass rush. They have the linebackers. They have the safeties. So, yes, I, I think he could slow it down. And they did. They did in the first game for the yep. most part. Yeah. But offensively, that's where you're concerned. You know, they're yeah. not like that's why they not, like yeah. with Jordan Davis coming back with Sue now and Linville, like they don't have the glaring holes and weakness right. that they did the first time they had mm-hmm. where you should be able to just yep. run it down the throat. And so that's where it's tough, because with the Dan Quinn defense, you also need a great running game. Yeah. I want to ask what's wrong with the box. Um, at the offensive line that has just spooked Tom. You know what I mean? Like he don't have any trust. Like he has an immense trust in his ability to stand back there, and like that's why he's not pushing the ball down the field very often because he don't think he has the time to do it. And every time he does, something bad happens. Like it's a holding call or somebody's coming to rock his boat. Is that what's off with him and Evans? We were talking about that after the game. We were like, what's going on there? It's probably a number of things. Like and and it's just no report. You know what I mean? There's not a huge deal like him not coming to training camp. But that is the time a lot of dudes mm-hmm. build that foundation, that trust, that cohesion of like, hey, that rapport. And they've played together for a number of years now, so it shouldn't have been that yeah, far off. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. It, I was going to say they played together. So what is mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I, I, this, this, some of it is unexplainable. Some of it I just don't really have answers. The, the offensive line, losing Jensen, losing Tristan. Tristan, uh, yeah. You know, losing the guards. If they would have came back with Kappa and the exact same line, I think they'd be... 
the exact same team. I mean, they'd be similar. They lost wow. a, they lost Shaq on defense, yeah. which is their leading rusher. He's the kingpin of what they do in mm-hmm. the pass rush game. They've been beat up in the secondary. You know, Winfield's missed a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys just aren't playing up to the level they've played before. Yeah. Yeah. So for your career, and this is kind of this is a psychological question, but like of emotion, was the emotion harder to lose? Like, did you feel the loss of a Super Bowl or was it better to win kind of a thing? Like, of course, it's better to win. What I'm trying to say was the emotion more intense losing or winning a Super Bowl. Losing. Losing. Because the way. Because I mean, just because of how I'm built, I hate losing more than I love winning. You know what I mean? That's what drives me more. It's not the desire to win. It's the, I hate to lose. I refuse, <laughs> you know? And when you lose, you're just like insanity. And compounded in the way that that loss happened. Do you think it was worse Correct. because you guys thought you had won that Super Bowl? And, and no, it was harder because of what we had went through to get there. You know, what we had to overcome to get there. You go through the NFC Championship and that freaking chaotic emotional game where you're down 16-0 at the half to the MVP of the National Football League. You've had everything bad that could happen to you, and you felt like you've played a pretty good game defensively. Then I hurt my elbow, and Earl tears his labrum in his shoulder, mm. and you're just out there like one arm and one shoulder, and we're like, we're going to battle to the end. We don't expect yeah. to win. We're down 19-3, to three, and they're like, hey, do you want to go to the locker room and get X-ray with 10 minutes to go in the game? They're like, I mean, it's not looking great. I'm like, nah, I'm a soldier this out. We're going to at least die on the sword, you know what I mean, with our guys and go out here, and then we come back and win it. And then to get back to the Super Bowl and then be all beat up like we are, shoulder. And then the day before the Super Bowl, Cam tears his MCL. And you're like, Jesus. And yeah. then, so you, you, you got mm-hmm. all this on your back and you're like, we're battling, we're battling, we're battling, battling. So that's where it hurt more, where it's like you, we've sacrificed so much to get here. We're already playing through so much pain, yeah. through so much expectation. And then for that to happen, you're just like, mm-hmm. huh. Like, all right. Yeah. And that's, uh, I would have preferred to die on the sword. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you think if um, after that first Super Bowl win, a lot of people don't know this. I do because I was trying to make it happen. But then unfortunately, you got hurt in that Super Bowl. If you hadn't gotten hurt and you had, like originally thought, competed on Dancing with the Stars, you probably would have won that Mirabal, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think I would have had a chance. I knew you would have. And I was pissed because I was like, my man is coming on my show. I'm hosting. It's going to be a whole thing. Oh, if and I wouldn't have won, it, I would have made hurt. it exciting. I, I would have made it exciting. Yay. It would have been real. Sure, Sherm, you've got the Richard Sherman podcast. Your dream podcast guest is? Ooh. Oh, well, it, it, rest in peace. It would have been Muhammad Ali. I would have had a lot of questions uh, for him. Uh, I would have had a ton. Kobe Bean, you know, a good mm-hmm. friend. Again, you know, rest in peace. But those are probably the two that I would need on the show. And we would, hey, time limits. Turn, turn the time off because yeah. we, we got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was going to ask you, it's the question that we were all thinking when we left that stadium yesterday. And if we potentially see them weeks 17, 18 on Fox, I'm not sure. If you are Vegas and you are San Francisco and you are loaded on both ends, do you try to get Tom Brady and do you think he'll go there next year? And you're talking about Tom going to Vegas? That was McAfee's whole thing today. I hadn't even thought about Vegas. We were saying, and and I flat out said to John Lynch, San Francisco. On San oh, you Francisco. Said, I, I thought you said Vegas. Oh, my I bad. did. Uh, I said both. McAfee's talking Vegas today because of McDaniels and what they have on offense and how they're all in on defense. There's also the San Francisco part. Now, who knows what's going to happen personally with his, you know, his kids are on the East Coast. He's got a son in New York. But I'd love to do some home games in San Francisco. He's an East Coast guy. Um, yeah. But 
Yeah, I mean, he's a California kid, yeah. but East Coast, he's been East Coast for the last mm-hmm. 25 years. Um, but And Kyle is I got one for you. Him. New Orleans Saints. I, Sean I, I, Payton goes back to New Orleans and takes Tom with him. Yeah, but are they stacked Watch it on either one of those teams? It, when well, they get he- he's on the East Offensively, they, yeah. they have enough. And defensively, they get healthy. They get healthy. Know. They probably need a, another corner. division is terrible. Right. He's in it. And he's been in it. <laughs> He loves Sean. It was the whole Miami thing originally yeah. that was supposed to be them. Like, I don't know. I just don't feel like that's also. I think it's the- a lower, lower probability he goes to San Francisco than that craziness of New Orleans. Of, of going with Sean. Hmm. That 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 would probably because San Francisco, it just would be if Purdy does anything this year, you know, well, and yeah. it's going to be hard for him not to. Like if he's playing like he is now, if he just plays like a norm, it, it'll be like Rich Gannon and Dilfer when they took those defensively strong teams to those Super Bowls. And you're like, I mean, you didn't have to do anything but not mess it up. And he's doing more than that. You know, not don't take anything away from him. He's doing more than that. But that's all he has to do is not mess the game up. Like, if they get in the playoffs and they have a run of like, hey, maybe in the first round they got the Giants. Second round they got Minnesota. Third round they get to the NFC Championship and got the Eagles. That'll be like... But then I want to know about Super Bowl. Super Bowl, I had San Francisco KC this year and the defense couldn't keep up. Now, they were injured, D'Amico Ryan said. But do you like second matchup? San Francisco, Kansas City. Now that they've, you know, been a part of that blowout, can they handle it? I think they're more than up to the task. I think pride will, that's a hard thing in this league. Like, you blow a team out, you piss them off. Like, because they're still grown men with pride. Yeah. And they're a really talented team on top of that. They didn't have Eric Armstead in that game, too. And he's the kingpin. He's yep. the one that, and, and you might have man. Javon Kinlaw back by then oh, yeah. as well. And so it gets crazier for San Francisco as they get healthy. And every year, it seems like this. They're, they're beat up early, and then later mm-hmm. on, you're like, Oh, yeah, they got that guy. Oh, what about that guy's coming back? Oh, yeah, and that guy. And, you know, like Elijah Mitchell's coming back, and yep. he'll come back just in time. And you'll mm-hmm. look up, and you'll be like, damn. Look at them. Mm-hmm. Sharon, Ooh. you have a sign behind you. It says, work hard and be nice to people. You do both of those very, very well. We love you. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Make sure you guys check out the Richard Sherman podcast. Thursday Night Football will be in Seattle for the Sherman Bowl. It won't so be boring. Fine. Love you. It will. Love you, too. Appreciate love you, guys. Love you. Love you. Calm Down with Aaron and Carissa is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. 
You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.